Um, we're going to continue on that theme of God being the Lord of all. Um, as you will know, we're in a series on prayer at the moment. Steve uh, Jones kicked that off last week uh, and helped us look at some of the green shoots, some of the new things that God is doing among us that we've been praying for. And we had time to continue praying for those things. Uh, so we're going to continue on from that. And this morning we're looking at uh, prayer, learning from different cultures. Um, as, as I was reflecting on this, I just found myself taken up in gratitude that, uh, that we don't just have ourselves to learn from. We have a whole swathe of history, uh, saints throughout the ages, 2,000 years of them, who we can learn from. And then we can also look across. We can look around our own family. God's given us a, a wonderful, rich, diverse family here, um, as well as from other nations that we can learn from and that can fuel our prayer life. So really the aim of this morning is to, is to capture some of those learnings, see if we can activate those in our own prayer, corporately and individually. Uh, and I'm going to be helped by Lorraine and by Lynn and by Emmanuel uh, over the course of the morning as we, as we try and do that. But first, I just wanted to comment on why we might try and do this. Um, why is it important to learn and why learn from different people? I think the spirit of the age is really that we should seek out people who are similar to us and anyone who's different is perhaps a source of fear, uh, something unknown that we should be a bit concerned about. But I think God's, God speaks a better word than that. He's created us in diversity um, and it's important for us to learn from others who are different from us. Um, so firstly, learning. I, as I was just looking, as I was reading around this, I found a really helpful image, if you just click onto the next slide. Um, C.S. Lewis talks about looking at something and talks about looking along something. So he uses the, the image of a tool shed, so a piece of wood, and you might look at it um, and get one perspective on it, or you might sort of come down to its level and look along it and see something very different. Uh, so that's what you can see here. Um, so they're two, diff they're two equally valid ways of, of learning from things, uh, but uh, we can draw out more richness if we, if we come in uh, alongside something and, and try and learn from it. Uh, I was struck by an example of uh, Jane Goodall, who uh, some of the younger ones among us might not have come across, but uh, the world's foremost chimpanzee expert. So she, uh, she did something quite unheard of for scientists of her time, which was actually went and lived among chimpanzees. To date, she's the only person who's been accepted among a troop of chimpanzees. And, and along that, she did a number of things which were totally new. So rather than numbering the chimps, she named them. She gave them names. She entered into their community. She somehow saw them as, as equals or uh, sort of, yeah, just entered in and tried to look along them rather than just observing from a distance. And I think there's a, there's a wisdom in that. We see a different perspective and we can draw a richness of, uh, of learning from that. Um, and then I think it's important to learn from difference. Uh, there's only so much we can learn by looking at ourselves, by navel gazing, by reflecting on our, ourselves. So it's really important that we, uh, that we dig into the diversity that God has created within us. We can just look around here and see many different uh, ethnicities, many different backgrounds, many different ages. And that's all part of the rich tapestry that God's created in us. Um, and also, as we look forward to uh, the end of things, as we've just been singing and praying, uh, God's going to gather people together in this rich diversity. And we're all going to be together singing one song 
to one God before one throne. So it's important to look around us and learn from diversity. Um, We can draw on the richness of their experience and also be humble in ourselves to recognise that we don't have it all um, and that we do have something to learn. So I just encourage you to open open your hearts as we as we go about this is just a picture of a of a conference that a couple of us were at uh, in 2016 there were 1200 people from about 150 different nations and it was just a remarkable experience to to get a foretaste of what we'll experience at the end of time uh, when all nations are gathered together singing this one song in unity so so that learning that we may be one that we may come together in unity so I just encourage you to open your hearts, to, uh, to be willing to, to be humble in learning and to be open to learning from difference. The first person that's going to help us do that is Lorraine. Uh, thanks, Lorraine. So Lorraine, as you know, <coughs> is a woman of prayer, um, but also a woman who's traveled extensively uh, with Steve as they've, as they've ministered in different places. So Lorraine's just going to share a few things about what she's learned from different cultures about prayer. Thank you. Um, yes, well, you've just explained why I can do this. We do travel quite a lot. It is a real privilege. When we travel and go to other nations, they are indigenous churches. Okay? When we have other nations here, very often you know, all nations worship the way we worship. To be able to worship and pray with other nations in their own culture is such a privilege, and we are privileged to do that. But um, the first point of my learning from other nations might... <laughs> might be a bit a bit of a surprise to some of you uh, some of you might be shocked but actually one of the people that impacted me most about my praying was a Muslim lady some of you know that several years ago when my kids were younger I taught English to a group of Pakistani ladies here in Botley and we were going through Ramadan it was right at the beginning of Ramadan actually and it was the summer so these poor ladies had to get up at four o'clock in the morning to do their do their breakfast because then they had to fast So I was talking to this lady, and I said to her, so, you know, breakfast is over at four o'clock. What do you do for the rest of the day? You know, do you then go back to bed? And she looked at me, and it really challenged me. She said, oh, no. Oh, no, I use that time to read the Quran. She said, I love it. I've got that time before the children are up, and I love it. And, And I felt, I felt quite humbled, actually, quite shamed, but also desperately grieved because she was giving all that worship to, to a dead God, you know, to an idea. And I have a living God, and I don't do that. I felt, I mean, God spoke to me, and I went home and, right, I am getting up at 4 o'clock every morning. <laughs> well, it didn't quite work like that, but I did actually commit to getting up before my children because I could then have that time. So I was downstairs at 6 o'clock, they got up at I was downstairs at half past six every morning for the next few months, well, the next while until they started sleeping later and I didn't have to get up quite that early, to be on my own. And every time I thought, I really want to do this, I remembered that woman's heart and I thought, I need to learn that heart. Goodness me, if she can do that. And look, look who we have got, a God who listens, who speaks, who is alive, who is interested it really challenged me. So that was one of the things I learned, and it wasn't even from another, another, another Christian nation. We can learn. We can learn if we listen. God wants us to pray. God wants us to have a relationship with him. And he wants us to learn how to keep going deeper in a relationship with him. Um, other cultures. We have been 
to. Mainly, we go to Europe. Uh, they're mainly like us. But we do go to Africa quite a bit. The Africans can teach us a lot about prayer. The Africans pray without ceasing. That's what we're told to do. We don't. They pray without ceasing. And that, so I know in the meetings, we can't always do 10-minute prayers each. But actually, these guys know how to pray. They go on and they have all-night prayer meetings and they stay all night. They don't do four hours of prayer. They do all-night prayer meetings. They pray for their country. We don't. We ought to. We need to. What a mess we're in sometimes. They will have all-night prayer meetings to pray for their country, to pray before an election. They will pray all night. Did we? I mean, some of us prayed before we went to bed and then in the morning groaned. (laughs) So what the result was. We need to learn how to do that. The Africans can do it. And they also, in their meetings, they know how to worship first. Okay, so when we pray, we need to worship first. We need to recognize who we're praying to. That was great this morning when we called out who God is, the names of God. That's how we need to start, okay? It's great to do this in other nations because they are a lot freer. The Africans are very free. They're very loud. (laughs) You know, it's a privilege to see how other nations worship. We can be so... What's wrong with being loud? What's wrong with moving? Actually, that's why I always go to the back. And the kids this morning, during one of those last verses, the, the, the last song we sang before we all sat down, actually, Eleanor had a flag. And they were skipping. It was great. It was really great. It really helped me to worship. The Africans worship like that. They move. And then they pray. Because they have got there. Okay? They've got into the presence of God. So... We need to think who we're praying to. I felt God speak to me about this once. I was, I was sitting down and I was a bit like, oh, there's so much to pray for. And I started praying and I was looking at my fireplace. And there are two ornaments on the fireplace. And I felt God say to me, you're just like that person in the Bible that I talks about, talk about who goes off and makes an idol and then prays to that idol. Because you're praying to your mantelpiece. You're praying to those ornaments on your mantelpiece. Look up and see who I am. Do it like the other nations do. Put me up there. You start, I start with who he is in my life. Then I go to who he is in my family. Then I go to who he is in my church. Then I go to who he is in my nation. Then I go to who he is in the world. Then I go to who he is in the universe. Well, I can ask anything. You know, (laughs) you've just got to see who you're praying to. Then you pray, then you pray. So that's how the Africans do it, okay? And that's how we need to do it. That's what I've learned. I've learned how to do it. Um... They also, actually, in other nations, need to pray more than we do. And this is another thing that has really humbled me. The first time I went to Africa was, I went to Uganda, was 29 years ago now. And we got there and we arrived and everything's all new, you know. And would you like a cup of tea? And I thought, I'd love a cup of tea. So we made a cup of tea. We sat down. This was sort of three o'clock in the afternoon, cup of tea time. You make it. You wander off with a cup of tea in your hand normally. And they gave thanks for the water. And I felt about that big. We don't do that. We are so ungrateful for all of the blessings because we don't need to. The the first of the Beatitudes in Matthew 5 says, How blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We can translate that to, How blessed are they that know their need of God. I need to sit down and recognize my need of God. In the West... We don't need God that much. It's, it's really quite sad. We have outdone our need 
we can always have water, we can always have food. I know people need to go to food banks, but nobody dies of hunger in Britain. You know, we don't need to pray for our food. Actually, having been in Uganda, that's 29 years ago, I never sit down for a meal now without saying thank you. And it's, yes, it's a habit, okay? Sometimes it is just a habit, and it's quite, you know, thank you, Lord, for this food. But actually, habits are no bad thing. Habits are good if they're good habits. And I've grown up through years of people saying, oh, you mustn't be bound. You know, it's all right, God forgives, and don't feel you've got to do it every day or it becomes legalistic. No, it's not legalistic. It's necessary. It's a good habit. And just because we aren't a poor nation doesn't mean we shouldn't give thanks that we're not a poor nation. And at the same time, pray for those that are. You know, it can always go further. So that's another thing I have learned. Also... In the, in the area of health, you know, we're not very well. We go to the doctor. We, we've been to India a few times, and there's always prayer afterwards. In Britain, in Europe, when there's prayer afterwards, you get people that want prayer for spiritual things, and that's it. In India, I remember the first time we sort of finished the meeting, and then it was, I assume, people were coming up in response to the word. And you've got practically everybody in the meeting is out for prayer. And I just thought, crumbs. <laughs> well, it wasn't that good to preach. <laughs> um, but they're asking, they're asking for prayer because I, I have headaches or prayer because I'm feeling weak. And, and actually, after a while, I felt myself getting a bit, oh, this will be another headache. And I really felt God speak to me and say, you don't know how fortunate you are. You know, blessed are they that know their need of God. They are far more blessed than you because they turn to me first not the paracetamols. Get down off your high horse and repent. So really, we do need to recognize how blessed we are and pray for those that aren't. We've, we've got a bit too self-contained in the West, and, and that's a sadness. If we no longer know our need of God, that's a tragedy. So the other thing, the other thing, which actually wasn't from another nation, but really spoke to me in one of the Psalms. I've nearly finished. Um, was Psalm 92, which says, in one of the verses it says, uh, it's good to praise the Lord and make music to your name, O Most High, proclaiming your love in the morning and your faithfulness at night. This time last year, I was quite poorly. I had this sort of nasty infection which wouldn't go and just made me keep weeping all over the place. (laughs) I was quite ill and at one point during that time, we went to Fal de Brennan in Wales, which is a sort of prayer centre. It's a lovely place. If you can go there, go there. It is, it is absolutely... You feel the presence of God, not just because it's Wales, but it is, <laughs> it is worth going. And actually, sometimes it looks a bit overwhelming because you think, oh, three days. We were there for about six hours, and, and it was enough. But, but they do a prayer regime four times a day. I learned something from that too. Actually, you start praying in the morning and then I know we go to work and that, but we can still be praying. Once we, you know, I talk to Stephen all day. I say good morning to him in the morning and then I don't do nothing till the next day. We talk all day. God is Emmanuel, okay? He's here all day. I can talk to him all day. And, and in the Felder Brandon, they stop four times a day and, and pray properly. Well, we do that at meal times, But also, we have... We got a bit, a bit casual in our praying together. 
And we have since last, last March been praying together every morning and every night. It doesn't have to take hours. It's just making a statement. We are actually uniting in prayer. We're starting the day. We are thanking God for his love in the morning. And then at night, when we go to bed, we thank him for his faithfulness. Because we've prayed things through the day, and he's answered. And how many times do we stop and say, oh, yes, thank you, Lord. We have to remember to do that every night. So we need to pray more like the Africans, I think, not like the English, actually. And we need to, to know our need of God, like some of these other nations. That way, we will be blessed But more than that, God will be blessed because we'll be talking to him. One of the things I do to try and remind me to pray for other nations, because when we're praying, we need to pray for other nations, apart from ourselves, is to have ornaments and things around the house. I've probably said this before. Um, We have also had people from other nations come to our house and stay. And it's always a privilege, actually. It's always a privilege. And I just want to show you this. This is one of the... Most precious at the moment. God gives, puts things on your heart. And this is, at the moment, where I am. I've actually been there for about two years. Can't get out of it. This is from Libya. It's, it's actually, to be honest, it, you know, it's not very special. It's the flag of Libya. But because we belong to an international family of churches, we have family everywhere. Okay? We are not alone. And if you don't know who they are, please go on the website and have a look and see. If you don't know who to pray for, go on the website and see where we've got churches and pick one. It doesn't really matter. God will tell you which one. This is Libya. We've got a church in Libya. This, the guy that leads it is called Desiree. He came to us. Libya is an absolute mess. I mean, it's total anarchy now. And they are living in such dreadful circumstances. This guy is actually from Burkina Faso. He could have left. They, let, they would let all the, um, all the expats go. He's, and most of the other church leaders did. He said, how can I go? They will leave the sheep without a shepherd. So he stayed. Great personal risk, still great personal risk. He's been kidnapped. He's had his car, three times he's been kidnapped. He's had his car stolen. He's had his elders kidnapped. In fact, I think one of his elders was shot, weren't they? I mean, it's a horrendous situation. And he came to us just because we were going on to a conference and he stayed with us for a few days. And then before he left, he said, can I pray for you? And he prayed for us. A man who is living in those situations, and you know, he could have said, will you pray for me? He said, can I pray for you? People in those situations know their need of God. They know our need of God as well, because they know what a need of God is. So if you can't think of any other nation to pray for, please pray for Libya, for Desiree, for his safety. He's started a church, a school, because all the schools got bombed and nobody would go. So he's got a school of about 500 children now. 700, it's grown. Just Because God cares for the innocent people in Libya, and he's put his people there to help. They need our prayer. Pray for all these nations. Watch the news, please. Pray for what you see on the news. We can learn from other nations what to pray, not just how to pray. So please don't just pray for ourselves and our country. We need it. God is the God of all nations. We've sung brilliant songs this morning. All nations will worship him. We need to pray for that day to come. Amazing. Yeah, please. Um, So we're just going to take a moment to pray. We're going to do this after each person's spoken. If you're not sure what to pray about, pray for Libya. Uh, Pray for Desiree. Um, Just hold that up.
Um, <clears throat> let's pray for some nations. Um, if there's a nation on your heart, then by all means, pray for that one. Um, if you're stuck, pray for Libya. Pray f- for our nation. That's okay. Um, so just get, get into twos and threes uh, and just pray for the nations. Great. Um, thank you, Lorraine. Um, and for those of you who don't know, this is Lynn. Um, and Lynn, why don't you just introduce yourself? How long have you been at ACC and that sort of thing? Um, my name is Lynn. Uh, full name is Lynn Yuejeshua. Uh, formerly Moyo. Uh, I've been in this nation since 2002. Uh, I arrived in November in writing. That's where I was based first. Um, with Pastor Yinka. Most of us will know Pastor Yinka. Um, from there, I went to Northern Ireland. I served in the British Army as a chef. That was my first posting. Um, went to the church there and Got posted back here, and I was in Abingdon, and then uh, went to Livingstone Community Church with Pastor Terry and Gwen, and then from there, I joined here. So. And those of you who know Lynn will know that she's a woman who, as Lorraine was describing, prays without ceasing. Um, it's quite remarkable, and I just thought, who, who better to just draw some of that richness from. So, Lynn, perhaps you could just start by helping us understand what does your daily rhythm of prayer look like? How, how do you pray? Um, my day of rhythm, my rhythm prayer doesn't really, I don't actually have uh, a set time or uh, schedule to pray. But if we look at First Thessalonians 5, it says pray without ceasing. That's what Lorena was talking about, praying without ceasing, praying always. And then in verses 18 says, in everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Though my day may be very busy with everything that is going around, but I find a time in my heart and a place in my heart to pray. Um, when I was serving in the British Army as a, as a chef, we always, the sergeants will come and say, clean as you go. You always clean after yourself. We always pray all the time. So that's what I, I try to do most of the time, just to pray as I go. If anything comes in my thoughts, in my mind, I just give to God and pray all the time. So there is no really um, a schedule that I, I follow. Though sometimes I can take time to sit down and really engage and pray, but mostly throughout the day I will just be praying to God and giving him praise and giving him thanks for the things that he's doing in my life. And you, you mentioned times where you might sit down and pray about something in particular. What sort of things might those be? And how, how do you get yourself into the place of prayer for one of those more specific times? Um, basically, it will be everything. <laughs> and sometimes, um, if you're going through the day, some thoughts comes into your mind, some needs... And you discover probably I need this, you know, you, you just go to God and say, Lord, here am I, 
I need your help. I'm stuck here, you know. Um, you tell, usually I go to God and I just talk to him as though I'm talking to a friend sometimes. And just say, Lord, you know, I'm hurting here. My head is painful. I need you. I need your healing. Um, amazing. And, and any particular times of the year or times of political or social or spiritual significance when you feel an, an extra burden to pray? Yes, sometimes. Mostly, probably, when there's lots of things that are going around in the world. And every time I hear things that are going around, I just, you know, pray to God and give everything to God because he is the one who can sort things, really. And we cannot do anything without him. So it's that dependency on him to, and trusting him to, you know, to come through and to see us through and to see the nations through, through the, war, the, the wars, um, floods, natural disasters, everything. Um, and, and then what elements of your home style or the way that you, uh, you pray would you like to see incorporated into the prayer life of OCC, whether that's our prayer corporately or how, how individuals pray? What, what do you think, what, what would you like to see in, in OCC's prayer life? Where would you like to see it go? The way we pray back home. <laughs> it's a dangerous question, I know. <coughs> All night prayer meetings every month. Or yeah. <laughs> the way we will pray is um, we used to doing a lot of fasting and praying because uh, fasting goes with prayer. We find that all the time in the Bible, when we go through the Bible, fast and pray, fast and pray. So fasting uh, it could be probably a day of prayer and fasting. Or it could be a weekend away where you go away and, and really pray and fast, separate yourself from everything else. Or it could be a whole night prayer. And then you pray throughout the whole night, like Lorraine has said. <laughs> um, and, and finally, are there, are there any, any other particular scriptures that you feel that you repeatedly come back to? You've mentioned uh, in 1 Thessalonians, praying without ceasing mm. um, and giving thanks at all times. Are there any other key scriptures that you'll, you find yourself going to and returning to? Yeah, um, I was going to say that um, when, when, especially when I pray, I always base my, prayer, my prayers on the word of God. Um, we find that as well when Jesus went into the mountain, um, when he was fasting and the devil came to attempt to tempt him. And in, in response, you will say, it is written. So... You know, using the word of God for me is knowing that God always reacts to his word because his, um, the word of God says that God watches over his word to perform it. And also, you know, God says, let me find my scripture, I think. <laughs> this is, sorry, I've, I want to find. <laughs> uh, scriptures 
In John 14, verses 13, it says, I will do whatever you ask in my name so that my Father may be glorified. And then Ephesians 6, verses 13, Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, stand therefore. So it is after you pray, sometimes, if you look in, in the book of Daniel, Daniel 10 from verse 1 through, through um, the, the, the following scriptures, the verses, you find that there is a time when Daniel had a dream and it bothered him a lot. And he took time to mourn before God and to pray and to seek God and to fast for three weeks. I think it was 21 days. In those 10, 21 days, um, he didn't get any response. He didn't get any, any re- re- response from God. And so afterwards, the angel of God came and he says, you know, in those 23 days, I was on my way to deliver, you know, your, your response. But then I met the king of Persia and he, with, we, he withstood me for 21 days. So really in prayer, it takes one to persist and to stand in faith and to pray in the Holy Spirit as well in order to engage with God so that you get the results that you want. You know, the word of God says, having done all to stand, stand therefore. If then you pray and then you just leave it there before you, you, you get your answer, it might not come because the devil is, is fighting as well. Uh, Jesus says in Luke, he says, in the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violence shall take it by force. So it, it is that spirit, you know, of wanting things from God and going there and knowing that, you know, God has already provided. God has already, you know, it is, in, it is his will to provide for his children and going there in boldness and taking whatever belongs to you because God has given it to you and not giving up but standing in faith. Yes. So um, as, <clears throat> excuse me, as I've been discussing with, Lynn, I think one, one thing that struck me is the, the discipline of praying from the word. Um, so just as a, as a little exercise, um, again, I'd, I'd like you to get into groups of two or three um, and to just very quickly brainstorm together, decide on one thing that you're going to pray for. It could be a, a personal need. It could be a local challenge. It could be one of the green shoots that we prayed for last week. It could be a national or, or international thing. Um, but before you pray, just think of one or two scriptures that speak the word of God into that situation. Share those with the group. And then once those have stirred faith, then pray. So just pause, reflect on that scripture, share it as a group and then pray. Is that OK? Great. So again, twos and threes. Pick a topic and you've got a couple of minutes to do that. So the last person I'm going to speak to this morning is Emmanuel. Uh, Emmanuel is one of our students here uh, Emmanuel, perhaps you can just describe what you're studying, what you're doing when you came to ACC and, and the church background you come from. Um, okay. uh, my name is Emmanuel. I do engineering at St. Peter's College. 
and um, I came to OCC last year during Freshers' Week. I was actually invited here by Pip, so it's pretty cool. Um, my church back home is Pentecostal, as you call it, and I've been going to that church for about 13 years. So when I moved to Manchester, that's when I've been attending RCCG Jubilee Church. And Jubilee Church is a Nigerian majority church, is that? Yeah, yeah. Fair. Yeah. Um, and just tell, tell us a little bit about what prayer looks like at Jubilee Church, Manchester. There's a lot of it. <laughs> there, yeah, there's definitely a lot of it. I'd say so it is the typical Sunday service, but then during the week as well, we have on a Wednesday, 6 to 7 prayer, 7 to 8.30, we call it digging deep, which is basically where you just delve into the word. But also... We pray into every new month, so I think it's either 10 to 1 a.m. or 11 to 1 a.m. Every month? Yeah, into every new month. So, yeah, (laughs) praying to every new month, Uh, praying to every new year. It's And that's kind of done just to, just so that you're progressing with God. You get a chance to reflect on the previous month. You get a chance to pick out what what you could have done better, what you did well. And you get a chance to plan for the next month as well and how you can improve on what, on your shortfalls, for example. So it's, uh, yeah, there's a lot of it. Um, with regards to how we pray as a, given, it, it's pretty, it's pretty lively. Uh, yeah, it's quite noisy, but it's, <laughs> I feel like that's, it's a great way to express just like the true feelings in that moment and how, eager you are for more of God, how eager you are to ask for his help, and also how eager you are to praise or to worship him, because um, it's, yeah, it's definitely quite strong and passionate, so yeah, it's pretty cool. Sounds eager. Um, I think eagerness is something that we can do a bit more of, do with a bit more of here in in the UK generally. We've got lots to learn. Um, And are there any times of the year or the month, you've mentioned praying in every month and every year, any other times where the church feels a burden to pray, and how do you go about that? Um, so Jubilee Church is part of RCCG, which is kind of like sort of like ministries, basically. So there are lo- loads of church underneath it, and at the start of every year, there's a prayer, uh, fasting and prayer schedule, which is basically, um, as the Lord directs, we all have to fast for a certain number of days, uh, midnight till 6 p.m., and basically just use that time to get closer with God. So uh, two years ago, I think it was 100 days. Last year, I think it was 40 days. This year, it's 50 days. And it's just basically throughout that entire period, you it's just a constant period of fasting and prayer, basically. So you fast from midnight till 6 p.m. Yeah. each day and use that time to just go deep with God? And uh, Yeah, as long as, alongside your daily business. But yeah. like it's kind of... Like the hunger kind of makes you more aware of God. Is <laughs> it? It's a time for you to have more fellowship with Him, basically, because you're more aware of His presence. So, yeah. Um, just a, a little plug: if if there's anyone who hasn't who wants to dig more into fasting and wasn't here when Georgie Clark preached on the 25th of June last year, uh, go and dig that out of the website um, OCC dot org dot uk i believe um it's a fantastic sermon just a really helpful resource to help as we as we consider what role fasting might play as we just enhance our prayer this year so highly highly recommend that 
that to you. And it reminds me of something Heidi Baker says, uh, missionary in Mozambique, um, about fasting. She says, I fast to be hungry because when I'm hungry, it reminds me to be hungry for God. It's just beautifully simple and yet deeply profound. We just fast to be hungry. Um, So then last question, um, what elements of uh, the way that your home church does prayer might you like to see uh, more of at ACC? It's the dangerous question. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess just feel more free to just unleash, basically. <laughs> yeah. uh, just feel free to shout out loud, uh, pray out loud. But another thing we also do is where we basically... Um, or hold hands and we pray for the person next to us kind of as the spirit directs which would which is kind of really cool because you can entrust that god is kind of sorting you out whilst you're praying for someone else and doing a good thing for someone else so it's pretty cool amazing well we're going to try doing that now um aware of the time and if you've got kids then they'll need to be collected in the next couple of minutes um but we're just going to take some time to pray for the person next to you um hold hands if they need to break the holding of hands to go and get their kids then have grace for that please um but why don't we all stand um and just hold hands with the person next to you uh you might need to move a bit that's okay you're allowed to move we'll join in um time um it may be hard to find time but maria's got a testimony to share Some of you may have heard this before, but um, a few years ago, I was given a contract to make some silk scarves, and um, the contract went quite wrong, um, and I basically had less than 48 hours to sew 20 silk scarves. Um, Katrina came around and helped, and um, within the time frame of 7 in the morning and 9 at night, um, 20 silk scarves that's supposed to take an hour each to sew took 14 hours. Um, and Katrina found three more on the table so I knew that the following morning I'd have to get up to finish these last three um, before I took them to the post office and so overnight I prayed that they'd be miraculously completed when I woke up in the morning Um, miraculously they weren't sewn and they multiplied to seven which I found highly unamusing at the time Um, So I turned up a music CD, a worship CD, I turned off my clock, and I started at seven in the morning and sewed, and I sewed, and I sewed, and I pressed and I invoiced, and I went down to the post office to find it was locked, because it hadn't opened, and it was ten to nine in the morning. So seven silk scarves took me less than two hours, and it's just testimony that prayer, when you pray... And you spend time praying, God provides the time for it, and he multiplies what we need. So don't think that you, when going away and going out to pray now, don't think, I can't do this, I haven't got the time, because you have. Thank you. Um, Great. Well, that's the end of the service. In in terms of response, um, I thought we could just practice some of these new uh, new ways of prayer that we've learned this morning. Um, I think there's just been a, a huge wealth of, uh, of wisdom and experience that has been shared with us. So um, by all means, listen to the recording again, make notes and, and see how that infuses and enhances your own prayer life. If you'd like to fast, uh, there's a number of people within the church fasting 
this year and this month, um, do, I would encourage you to do so. Steve's encouragement last week was that uh, it's possible, it's not too hard, you can do it, um, unless there's a medical reason where you can't. So uh, if that comes across as a challenge to fast, then great, uh, please fast. Uh, we want to see more of God among us, and God's already started answering the prayers that we've been praying. So be blessed, go and pray, uh, and we'll see you next week.